This is Alex talking, and I have a podcast. It is the Alex Cast, and this is what you're listening to. Tonight, I have Mike on from the What Cast at Last Bone Stands. He's a lovely man, and we talk about all sorts of shit. It's very likely we're going to be institutionalized after you listen to this. Fun, fun times. I would very much like you guys to go to alexcast.com, Alex is spelled with two X's, and click around. Uh, the books link will give you links to my books. Periphery is the novel that we're talking about later in the show. Uh, there is a video link uh, that referenced that uh, I've now kind of allowed myself to be on video, as referenced in the past episode when I talked about my horrific body dysmorphia and my trying to get over it. Uh, there's also an Amazon link. I would like you to click that and go to Amazon. If you bookmark that Amazon link, you never have to worry about it again. And every time you buy something on Amazon, I get a small percentage. Very much helps out the sh- very much helps out the show. Very much helps out. If I edited, I would have edited that out, but I do not. So fun times. Yes, uh, please uh, do that. AlexCast.com. I am at the AlexCast on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash AlexCast. And there are uh, YouTube videos. Just go to my site for now, because as discussed later in the episode, I don't know what the fuck is going on about YouTube. Hey, check this out. Do you like comic books, video games, movies, and other nerdy stuff? How about sarcasm, shame, and empty promises? Then do I have the podcast for you. The loudest geeks in the room do all that stuff and more. You can find us at www.theloudestgeeks.com or The Loudest Geeks in the Room on iTunes and Stitcher. If you're not disappointed by the end of it, we haven't done our jobs right. The Loudest Geeks in the Room cannot be held responsible for pets, rickets, smallpox, Tourette's, strokes, heart attacks, sudden death, erectile dysfunction, or robot-eating ants. Please listen responsibly. Alex Cast! Hey guys, it's me, Alex, and welcome to, there's a new feature, a new once-a-month feature. It's called uh, Mateo is a Piece of Shit. And uh, I have Mike with me on, and not Mateo, because... um. This is going to be a monthly thing. We're just going to shit on him for an hour. How you doing, Mike? Oh, I'm doing just splendidly. How are you? I'm good. You know, now that Mateo is gone. Sorry. Just, yeah. Uh, stinking up the place. I just wanted to give him a little razzin. So uh, <laughs> audiences that have been following the show, you might pick up on the fact that this is Mike from the Whatcast and Mateo is the other guy from the Whatcast. And you also may have been able to put together the uh, little ruse I'm playing on y'all and Mateo that uh, he's been on the show twice and... Have you actually been on mine before? No. Okay. I, did, I called in on your Halloween one. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, you called in like a ghost story thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I thought maybe you were. I couldn't remember if I had both of you on at the same time, because I think Mateo's been on twice now. Yeah, I think that was before we had the show going, though. Oh, yeah, you know what? It or might, maybe it was I'll, right at the I beginning. Know, yeah, one of them was before you had the show going, because I remember uh, uh, Drew Sample was on with Mateo and he, uh, uh, Drew Sample and I were talking Mateo into starting a podcast, which would have been a really stupid conversation to have if you already had started the show. Yeah. So I'm just going to assume that we weren't both incredibly wrong and Mateo was just running with it. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was before because he was telling me when, when we were getting started that he had been on a couple different shows. So I would assume yours was probably one of them. Yeah, yeah, the other one was the the sample hour. 
um, a shout out to them. Um, here's a couple of things that I want to go over with you very quickly. One, uh, where do you get your show? Where, where is a, an easily found place for my audience to go to find you? Uh, the whatcast.libson.com or the whatcast.tumblr.com. And I think we also have shows linked to the, uh, Facebook page, but for some reason, if you're searching our Facebook page, you can't find it. You can only get there through link. I don't know. It's fucked up, but yeah, or our Twitter page. We always post whenever a new show comes up there. And that's just at the WhatCast? At the WhatCast, yeah. Oh, good. I'm really glad you don't have, like, an underscore or anything or double X or it's one of those annoying ones where you have to, like, stop the plug. Like, oh, you know, I'm I'm at Mike the Awesome, but it's Mike underscore the underscore awesome. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck. That just, took, that just took 11 seconds when it should have been, you know. Uh, yeah. Some number less. It didn't take 11 seconds. Let's face it. I'm using hyperbole. Um, yeah, yeah, we're pretty close, though. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to go over with you before we started, uh, at last bone stands. Yeah. Um, if, if people at home, uh, Mike is also, well, I'm not from the East Coast anymore, but I grew up on the East Coast. Mike is from the East Coast. I would like to point to you guys out when I just said that word, that last word was stands, uh, S T A N D S. Uh, because I don't know if you heard that, Mike, but I, it's been called to my attention and I realize 100% truth of it that I still don't pronounce hard consonants at the end of words. Like, last bone stands, there's no D there. I'm not pronouncing a D. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't occur to me. And I actually don't know how to do it because stands is really difficult to say. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, I'm guilty of it myself, so. Well, I think I think that's just the part of the country where we're from. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, or originally from, should say. It's one of those, I mean, it's not particularly uncommon. It was just one of those ones that when it occurred to me, I'm like, oh, crap. And so I was trying to, like, pronounce certain ones. And it's like, man, that's really hard to do the slow, pronounce it right. Like, standis. You just sound like something went wrong in your head midway. Like, and you're just trying to recover. Like, oh, that was a minor stroke. Yeah, I, um. Uh... I've, I didn't even pick up on it, to be honest with you. But okay. it's, like you said, it's probably because <laughs> it's, that's how we talk up here. Yeah. I mean, no one does. I, I pick, it picks up on it. I mean, it's a very American way of doing it. It's just, uh, doing the podcast that I do have a quite a, not a large international audience, but enough that I hear from them every now and again. And mm -hmm. inevitably, because I'm a word nerd, I like having conversation with, with the rest of the world about, you know, language use and whatever. And one of which we're, we're talking about, I don't remember what the conversation was. It was either, I think I was trying to figure out where, um, like, eh, whatever. I think I was trying to figure out where an accent came from. And I was talking to, uh, British people and they were trying to figure out where the, where my accent came from in America. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, can you tell me what my accent sounds like? Cause it's, you know, it's hard for me to hear, obviously. And one of which was like kind of the truncated hard consonants at the end. I'm like, Oh, fuck. So I actually went back and listened to myself. I'm like, I've never heard that before in my entire fucking life. So um, thank you, England, for ruining another part of my <laughs> self-esteem. It's I, I mean, I've even been raised on by people from other parts of New York for the way I talk. Like, I'll say, for instance, jacket. And they'll be like, you, you say it like jacket. And I don't think I do. It just sounds like jacket to me. But then they're all, I don't know, the way they say it is more like jacket. But it's, you know, obviously I'm exaggerating it. But Yeah, here's the thing, though. I think that's because you're upstate New York, right? 
Right. I think what they're doing, and this is a common mistake, is what they think is the New York accent, they're doing a Connecticut accent. Yeah. Or maybe like an upstatey, because like ja, like that that A, I know exactly that jacket pronunciation you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, like to me, that's like that's like Connecticut. You know, that's like uh, that's that's people that have that have some kind of uh, like they they belong to a tennis club. Say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. With the while sipping their tea with their pinky extended. Yeah. These rat bastards. Oh, we'll get them yet. Uh, fucking monocles. Who do they think they are? Yeah, I know. But the monocles are pretty fucking cool. There's certain, I mean, we have to face some kind of facts that as far as like an aristocratic fashion statement, I think monocle and uh, walking, like not a, not a cane, but like a walking stick, a gentleman's walking stick. You don't, you're really not going to beat that. I don't, I, I'm more a fan of the, uh, the pocket watch. Yeah, I like a pocket watch. It's just, I, I get hot. In order to have a pocket watch, you have to either like start doing like vests or uh, yeah. or like a like a nice jacket. I mean, I guess you could do it in your pants, but it's like, you know, What's if you're just point? wearing a t-shirt, you just look like oh, look at that asshole with a t-shirt and a pocket watch. Like you just look like, <laughs> you know, some kind of idiot hipster that wants to bring something back, so he's unique. But if you have a pocket watch in a vest, oh fuck yeah, like you're yeah, you're, you're yeah, badass. Yeah, you're looking like a million bucks right there. But I just I run too hot. I can't be you know I. I, I don't even own a jacket. Like I, I have a sweatshirt. Like that's the that's the that's the most winter hits me. You know? It's fucking. Oh man, I wish that was the case for for me. Well, you also I'm live sick in a, of winter. You live in a place that's drastically colder than where I am. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of New York, this is not a segue, but I didn't have a way to segue into it. There, I just wanted to get a few things out because I've been on your show. I don't know if you've had fourteen episodes. I think I've been on twelve of them. So, but I don't know, three times, four times. Yeah, but, uh, you, you've been on like once a month since we've been doing the show. Yeah, I'm down with that. Um, but there's a few that I keep forgetting to say things to you or I forget if I did. So audience at home, uh, Mike is, uh, you're, would you say you're a, a Lovecraftian? Like that's a, that's a, you know, you're big into Lovecraft. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely a fan of Lovecraft. So I forget if we've talked about this. Have you read a study in Emerald, the uh, Neil Gaiman Lovecraft story? I have not. Okay, thank God. Or not thank God. I mean, I just wanted to make sure I was the one to tell you this. It's really okay. brilliant, and I really need you to read it. the The concept is, you know, if you may have picked up from the the title, it's uh, it's a playoff of Sherlock Holmes, but it's Sherlock Holmes. It, uh, if the Elder Ones or whatever the Eldritch Gods, whatever they refer to them as, the Old Ones, the Old Ones. Thank you. Um, the Old Ones, if they had come to Earth and taken over like forty years before Sherlock Holmes. So he's solving a mystery of the murder of one of the old ones. But they're talking about it like because they're the royal family. So instead of like being very British and talking about, you know, the queen mum, they're talking about, you know, Slogner Furnifleth or whatever. It's really <laughs> cool. And the whole thing is a, it's, a, it's a Sherlock Holmes mystery, but in a, a Lovecraft universe where, where the old ones have taken over and it's still kind of the same world. It's really good. That sounds really cool. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. And it's new gaming. So. Unless it's yeah. a children's story, you can't really go wrong. Because, I mean, his kid stories might be good, but I, I don't have any of those. So I think I get on a list if I buy children's books. Yeah, what did he do? The the um, graveyard story, was that his? Uh, for, uh, for I think that's a kid's one. That's a recent one, so I think that might yeah. be. Yeah, he did that. He did Coraline. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot he did Coraline. He did, I think he did another kid's. Oh, um. No, that's not really kids, but Mirror Mask was kind of kidsy. I think there's another oh, one. Oh, yeah. I forgot that movie even existed. And there's one um, that just came out that I don't know if it's kids or but it's called like 
it's like the ocean at the end of the street or something like that. Um, no, that, heard of that the, the cover looks kids like, but I don't know. Cause sometimes dealing in that style of literature, that style of writing, you'll often get really poorly designed covers that, you know, it's, you don't really, mm-hmm. you know, I know it's an old adage of don't judge a book by its cover, but especially when it comes to kind of weirdo fantasy fiction is it's real yeah. easy to, to get a dude with chest hair being flung out when it's actually a quality book. Especially if it was in the, like published in the seventies. Oh yeah. There's that's like all you're going to, you'll get, you'll get stuff that looks like it should be like airbrushed on the side of a van. Yeah. There is uh one of my favorite writers. Uh, I forget if I mentioned this show, but I did a little, um, I'll put the link to it, audience, but uh, I did a thing like pick five uh, books that I thought were influential for this dude that uh, Martin Clemens knows. Um, I can't think of the, his, uh, the dude's name, but anyway, I did it for his, his blog and I wrote a little thing. But one of the things I referenced was Roger Zelazny, uh, The Amber Chronicles. I don't know if you ever read those. I haven't. Uh, they're really fun, really good. It's, I mean, it's sword and magic, but it's, um, it's done in a, a not super cheesy way. Like it's really, it's well done. It's got a lot of kind of, mysticalish overtones uh you know a little bit of kind of occultism layered over the top uh if you ever end up reading them when you're you know if at some point later in life you're really bored um you would definitely go oh i could see where alex why this would have been an influence on his later writing but uh there is this run of covers on those that are so fucking embarrassing <laughs> that i didn't buy one of them i went to the store because i was rereading them and i had lost one of them and i was like fuck i really want to read it and i was like all right, fine. I'll just, you know, it's because they're soft covers. So I was like, oh, I'm, I can either find a used one or they probably got some shitty, you know, $6 hardcover, you know, soft cover version in the store. So I'm like, all right. So I went to the bookstore. People at home, bookstores are, they used to have physical Amazons. It's, you know, long stories back in the day. But I went to the physical Amazon and the, the book cover was the lead character Corwin, but he was, he was painted in the style of Fabio on the cover of those romance novels where he's like a pirate and wearing like a puffy shirt that's blowing in the wind. Nice. Yeah. And I went, oh, this is the book. And I I literally went, I can't, I can't buy this. Like, I know I shouldn't judge my self-worth or be embarrassed by that kind of thing. But, but in that, in that case, I lost because I went, I know I can't, this is not something I can be seen purchasing. <laughs> this is not, this is, this is embarrassing to me. And I actually put it back down and just, you know, did not, I think I probably ended up buying like a Calvin and Hobbes book or something, but still, I did not purchase that fucking book because of its shitty cover. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're bringing it up to someone who doesn't know what it is, and they're like, oh, what the hell are you doing buying this cheesy romance novel? Yeah, and this, and part of this was, not to say I was going to, uh, I was trying to keep some kind of mystique going, but this is during like kind of the height of my goth days, so I'm... <laughs> Like, you know, I'm 6'2 in boots, wearing all black, trench coat, dyed black hair, you know, super thin, pale skin, you know, the, the exact guy from every uh, fantasy that ends up with shootings. But I didn't shoot anybody. Very, very not violent. But I looked like that. And there was a certain amount of like, because I was aware I looked like that. I wasn't like some idiot that thought I was like the first guy to do it. I, you know, I was, I knew what people were looking at. I wasn't some fucking idiot. But uh, there's part of that too of like, yeah, I don't know if I could, you know, maybe if I had like a. If I had a nice baseball cap on and like a regular jacket, I might be able to do this. But this is, I'm a little too fucking dandy foppish right now to be purchasing, purchasing the Fabio book. Yeah. Didn't you, uh, get your senior picture taken in a velvet shirt? Oh yeah. Well, well remember. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I get it. I get it. I'm gonna find that. I'll put it up. I'll put it on Twitter because um, it is an amusing picture. Uh, well, <laughs> well remembered. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that was a really good shirt though. Like, if I thought I could still pull it off, like if I was like 40 pounds thinner, I probably wouldn't mind having a velvet shirt. It was nice. Seems like it'd be comfortable. It was really comfortable. Like, because like the bottom half, obviously the side that's touching your skin wasn't velvet, but it was like. It had like this kind of whatever connective tissue holds velvet together. It was mm-hmm. really nice. It was like, I don't know, like artificial furs. I, I, I was just really comfortable. And uh, other than the time a dude rubbed my shoulder while I was taking a piss at a urinal, it's you'd have a lot of fun times of like girls going, oh, that's a really nice shirt and like kind of rubbing your arm and being flirty. And that's awesome. Yeah. It's always a perk. Yeah. But literally I was in the bathroom at a diner and a guy rubbed my shirt. I had my penis in my hand and peeing you know and he was rubbing he rubbed my arm and go oh oh that's a great shirt i was like really this this is a thing it's that's only slightly awkward yeah this is this is the, uh, what the fuck is going on in my life and it's not that i was really questioning that deeply but i was questioning on a certain level of like all right if i'm the type of person that's inviting like rubs uh, while i'm at a urinal maybe i really have to start kind of rethinking the way i'm putting myself out there <laughs> So I started wearing uh, short shorts and uh, and uh, and and uh, see-through mesh tops. Well, yeah, you got to put it out there. Yeah, you know, rub the right spot. <laughs> Help me hold it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. Relaxing. That's that's talk about the gentry. Talk about the upper class. Just right. got my monocle <laughs> and just just some. Or oh, you know, I realize I think I'm making. I like I'm pretending I'm making a joke, and I realize that's actually I'm completely stealing that from that Mel Brooks movie. And I apologize to the audience. I don't remember which one, but there's a Mel Brooks movie where he is, he's got a, um, he's got a slave that walks around with him and pulls his dick out and holds a bucket. And he pees into the bucket, you know, like, uh, he's his personal, um, piss valet. Oh, was that, uh, was that Blazing Saddles? I don't know. I, did, well, it was like a Victorian times kind of thing. Or maybe it was History of the World. That's what I was thinking, but I don't actually remember it being in that movie, although I remember this scene really well. Um, yeah, because now that you say that, I do remember that scene as well. Yeah, this is this is actually um, multiple times this week I've realized I was making a joke, and then a little bit later I went, "Ah, oh, crap! I completely stole that." Like I was answering on ask, oh, by the way, uh, audience, ask.fm/alexcast if you want to ask me questions, and I have fun answering them in stupid ways, like today where I completely stole a Bill Hicks joke and used it as my own and didn't realize it because I made some joke about uh uh. Somebody, like, the way they worded the question, they referred to it as a non-social network. And uh, I was kind of playing around that that meant anti-social, you know. So instead of, like, being a site that wasn't a, not a social network, I was playing around like it's a non-social network. Like, everybody just signs up and looks at each other and stares. It doesn't interact. <laughs> no I, communications. Yeah. Just watch. So I compared it. I'm like, oh, that'd be like having, like, a like a misanthrope party. And then I realized, like, oh, shit, that actually is just a Bill Hicks joke I stole. Like, I didn't even, you know, it's fucking 20 years ago but i was like ah shit but they don't have edit function so consider this well, my yeah, admission of guilt. To it. yeah i don't want to steal any i've got enough fucking stupid ideas in my head i don't need to steal anybody else's <laughs> especially if they're famous enough that i'll get caught i mean i'll still like you know little people's i'll i mean i'll step on anybody on my way to the top just you know if i'm gonna get caught i, I don't want to do it shia labeouf well, at least you're honest i am so there is a kind of a background here where we were talking on the on the internet mike and i about mike finished periphery and he was nice enough to send me uh, some thoughts on the book and uh how do I, oh you've 
wait, you said on your show, so this is okay. Mike lives in a geographic region close to where Periphery takes place. Uh, I didn't want to give away your actual thing, but I realized you said that to me on your show, so this yeah, wouldn't be yeah. a horrible thing to say out loud. Um, That's fine. So, yeah, so apparently uh, you had some interesting reactions to the book, which which I found amusing. And I, I would very much like to talk about it, but you have a respectable position and 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 a family so i'm going to leave it to you what parts do you feel like sharing and i would happily react to you and share where <laughs> things happen because i you know obviously there's you know if you want to share everything awesome but you know you've you've got a reputation to be concerned with i'm really not worried about it yeah, i didn't think so but i'm just trying to be nice well i appreciate it so when i when i started when i first heard that you were writing the book which that was probably the first time you came on the show, probably. But, you know, I, I just, I kind of uh, heard you talking about it on your show a little bit after that. And really all I knew about it was it was about some weird office in the woods. And so, I, but but the name kind of got me because of the, the periphery thing. And it came, it made me think about shit that, that happened with me. For some reason, I just kind of related um, the title of the book to things that I was seeing. Um, and a lot of times in the book, when I was reading it, it, like something would click with me, like the, the scene with, uh, the, the weird dogs and are, are, are spoilers. Okay. Or? Um, yeah, spoilers are fine. I would say, okay. uh, the, I'm absolutely fine with any spoilers that up and up to, but certainly not including the second major thing that happens at a tree, but I think that's pretty obvious. You wouldn't want to tell the audience that because the big surprising thing. Okay. Yeah. Like up to there, that's, I don't care because that's like the first third of the book, but um, yeah, I, that one's a little bit surprising. So let's leave that out, but anything else? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. No spoilers needed. All right. You know, the thing so, I'm referencing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just make it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the, 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 Part, yeah, it was probably about a quarter into the book. It was third into, it was pretty early on in the story anyway. But when he's walking and he's, and he sees these weird animals that he's taught, he, he says that they're, they're like dogs, but they're not like dogs. And they're, it seems like they're not really there to him. Yeah. I think I call them the, uh, them. the animals of arguable existence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Perfect way to describe it. Oh, well, but, thank you. I, I try. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, for a long time, I was seeing weird shit like that. And I know, like, I sound like a fucking lunatic and I understand that. But You're on my I, show. Like, not, not but 10 episodes ago was a replay of me talking about how demons ripped my face off while I was on mushrooms. You sound completely normal for the Alex cast. Do not feel bad. <laughs> well, at least, at least you had the uh, excuse of being on mushrooms. I was completely sober at the time eh, fair enough but still yeah don't worry maybe, maybe a little stone but <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah but um for a while i was seeing a lot of weird shit that would be in my periphery and this was this is going back a few years like I, it hasn't happened and i don't know a few years at least but um i would i would also see these weird animals like they, they weren't dog-like but on one occasion i saw one that to i guess i would describe it as being like a humanoid bee type thing with a crescent shaped head that's weird and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now how, how well are you seeing these is it is it 
it's like if if somebody were sitting next to you and you're looking straight ahead, that's Oh, so you're that's trying to get like literally like the super peripheral vision where it's like you sort of know it's there. Like that area where your doctor's checking your peripheral vision and you're not quite sure if you see his finger, like kind of like that thing. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking a, a, about? Yeah. I'd say yeah, I'd say a little more clear than that. Okay. Though. Yeah. Like like it's it's one of those things where I fully expect to turn my head and it's right there, but it's not. Yeah. I turn my head and instantly it's gone. Well, that's uh, good news. <laughs> but yeah, and then it's not there when I turn back and but um I I was seeing shit like that and I would see what would look like when I'd be in my car at night. I, I would see like in my rear view what would look like somebody was chasing my car. Like it reminded me of you remember in, in uh Terminator two when the T one thousands chasing their car? Yeah. It it reminded me a lot of that. That's um but it wasn't That's like a guy in a cop uniform. It just yeah. it just reminded me of that, like the way he was running, because he was had kind of a weird way to Yeah, him. that like really kind of um straight arm like um not straight arm, like a like like people like if you ever watch videos of like like the world's fastest man, nineteen forty five, like that weird yeah. kind of arm motion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like that. But so that so that really when I first read that, I was like, holy shit. And um before that even though, before I read the book, when I found out that it took place up here and then it had the the periphery thing where like and when I first heard the the title about it for like i said for some reason i felt compelled to read it and then when i found out it was up here it was like i was i, I don't know it just really seemed like i i had to read it and then so I, I get to that point in the book and i'm like holy shit and then later on in the book he's talking about seeing a, a rift in the sky or, or the sky was torn open oh wait wait. let me uh wait, actually let me stop you there not that that's right. spoiler but actually let me uh now that you're moving on to the other one let me address this um the dogs and the people so all right i didn't re okay i this is a it's hard for me to figure out which way to tell it's because i've i have a really bad memory for my life i have a really great memory i have a terrible memory for my life so things that i'm like oh that happened when i was seven i could have been 20 like i just i it's it's not important to me i just remember the the stuff a little bit so just kind of mix mosh so the first, uh, the first panic attack I ever had, I was 18 ish, somewhere around there. Let's just say 18. I was old enough that uh, I was smoking cigarettes. Um, like that I could buy cigarettes. So 18 or 19. And out of the corner of my eye, I, I kind of like there was a, I described it as a raccoon, but it wasn't an actual raccoon. It was just this impression. And then I started to get like kind of shivers down my spine and like this kind of, I mean, if anybody's having a panic attack, you know what it, I didn't know what it was at the time. I just started going like, Ugh. and I sort of had them before, but never like, never like a big one. And I got really, I actually panicked and I, and I put the cigarette out and I literally just fucking booked ass, just hauled my asshole, like ran as fast as I could down the street, uh, to, to get back in my house, like panicked, hands shaking, trying to get the key in the door, like full out horror movie style. And uh, that was the first time I ever kind of gave into one, which, by the way, people at home, uh, don't do that because it's then it becomes much easier to do it later. But it, it it started because of a thing out of the corner of my eye. And this, um, 
that kind of concept repeated a, a couple of times, not necessarily peripheral view, but quick moving things. And one day, and when I say one day, the same as this, this raccoon thing, this was not something I really remembered all that much. It was just like, oh, that was fucked up. But I'm like, a, I'm a weirdo. I've seen ghosts. I've talked about it on the show. Actually, I think I talked about my ghost on your show, didn't I? Um, but Oh, yeah. After the, yeah. Yeah, which again, that actually, weird enough, that was out of the corner of my eye, you know, full black thing running across. But, um, so, uh, yeah, the, the, the raccoon thing is just, I didn't, you know, until I started like realizing, I'm like, oh, I'm just having like anxiety, panic attack things. I was like, oh, wait, what about that? And I went to a notebook I used to keep back then. I looked it up. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, I remember this. So, this is one of those things that I wish I remembered better because I didn't realize how important it was till much, much later. Not important, but like it would have been great to have details. So I was in my house and I'm sorry for the upsetting small amount of details, but let's pretend I'm talking about my toaster. <laughs> it's something that, that everyday-ish refrigerator um, stop sign, something you see every day that there is no fucking chance that you ha there's something in there that you will not have noticed previous. So toaster's probably a bad one because there might be settings and shit. So let's say a, a stop sign. There's no chance a stop sign you can go, oh shit, I never noticed that about those before. You know, like something that common. And I was at home and something that used to be red was blue. And I don't mean an object that you purchase every day. And this is where I'm, I'm furious at myself that I can't remember what the fuck it was. But it was something that I looked at and I went, that was, that was fucking red yesterday. Or maybe it went the other way. Maybe it was red that turned blue or blue that turned, either way, it was a different color the day before. And not like, oh, that's funny. I thought that was a different color. It was a stop sign's fucking red. And then today they're orange and universally they're orange. You know, like it, it was that it like it was, there was, I could not have been mistaken about this. This isn't like. It's not something that it's like, oh, I just wasn't paying attention. This is something that it would have been impossible not to have noticed as like as dramatic as stop signs are. Oh, I never noticed they were triangles that were orange like that dramatic. You know, there's no possible way. And I was like, so you're saying the color like the color for whatever this object was, was like a universal color for that thing. Well, not necessarily universal color. It was an object I have, I've had for years like it was. That's what oh, I mean. So, I'm so saying yours was that color specifically. Yeah, it was. Okay. I'm just saying the, the familiarity was so much that it would have been as if it was a fucking stop sign that's that's orange. It's like there's no way I didn't notice this. I mean, and when I say that, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to oversell the case. I mean, there's literally no way it would be as if I looked down and and had a second dick I hadn't noticed. Like it's it's like no, it's it, <laughs> there's no way this has happened. So. I chalked it up to, you know, done drugs in my life or whatever. And, and I didn't chalk it up like immediately. I was like really bothered by it. And I was thinking about it for a while. And then I kind of, it just like, I don't know, just kind of slipped to the side. Um, cause it just, it's one of those things where it's like, there's nothing you can do, you know? Um, mm. I remember asking my girlfriend at the time and she remembered it as being the second color. Like, you know, my whole life it was blue. She remembered it as being red. So I was like, that's fucking, you know, it was just, it was just like, it was just a weird that's thing. That's really weird. Yeah. But it's one of those things that's so weird that it's like, there must be, you know, you just like your brain just kind of adjusts. You're like, I, I can't figure out what this was, but this, whatever. Like, it's just, eh, it's just a thing. Cause it's not a big deal. It was like, you know, it wasn't a stop sign. It was, you know, whatever the fuck it was, you know, my, mm -hmm. my table, you know, it was something, you know, it was like, all right, well, I guess, I don't know. I had nothing to, so 
over the course of that year, and it was one of those things where so I forgot it after a few days. Not forgot it, but I just didn't dwell on it anymore because what the hell are you going to do? It's not like I can research it. It's just, well, that's the way life is. Over the rest of that year, I realized that like other little things not as obvious were different. Like, like my friend Greg not started to act different, but acted different. And on questioning other friends, that's the way Greg's always been. And not like a big thing, like, like instead of saying thanks, he said thank you or, you know, something like that. And one of the, one of the waitresses at the diner we hung out at was different. Like I, she wasn't the one that worked in her section, but it wasn't the same lady. It was sort of the same lady, it, but it wasn't her. Like it was like, like her nose was slightly bigger or, or she slumped down more. Like, I don't think you know, slunched isn't the word. I don't know where the fuck I just made that up for, but she, I like she, it though. Yeah. It's, it, it made sense, but then I realized that's not a word. Hunched is what I was thinking of, but, um, yeah, so over the course of like, I'm going to probably say like three years, these little things like were accruing and none of them major except for that first one. All these little tiny little things of like, oh, that's weird. I thought I would have noticed that or, huh, I thought her nose was smaller, like these little things. And then just one day I went, I'm in the fucking wrong universe and literally just made sense to me. I was like, that's exactly what happened. Like I just woke up one morning and I'm the universe one tiny little sliver next door. And I know that sounds bonkers. But I got no butt to it. I literally believe I'm in a different universe than the one I grew up in. Like, that, I, I, I mean, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. If all that stuff, that's because it's not. And I don't mean that in like a a Twilight Zone thing. Because I mean that in like a, I was gonna say a scientific way, but that's scientists would would hang me for treason. Um, <laughs> I mean, in a like the multiverse being every choice spurns a new universe that's almost exactly alike. Uh, right. but slightly, you know, slightly different. And there's infinite multiplied by infinite times a set theory, infinite amount of universes and, or dimensions. Uh, I should say, I keep saying universes. I guess it might be the same thing, but anyway, I think I kind of vibrated or whatever. Like I just woke up in the dimension next door. And after I thought of that, I went, oh fuck. And then it's like, oh, that's why that thing was red. Oh, that's why he was that way. And like, just, there was this kind of slow kind of like like it's almost that point in the movie where like he goes oh my god like in sixth sense where it's like oh i've been dead the whole time and they then they go the flashback of like how the fuck didn't i notice that you know that, that thing yeah. i went into flashback in my head and went oh my god how did i not notice that and that and that and that and that and it's like oh fuck like i'm in a different universe like i'm in i'm in the universe next door and was, how old were you when that happened like were you a teenager still or? no no i was let me see if I can figure this out. I think when I realized it, I was, I'm going to say 22, maybe 21, around around there. Again, I'm really bad with with years and, and order of operation of things, but around that time. But it was like this, and I still to this day kind of, and it's kind of, it's softened a bit just because, it, you know, it's, it's hard to think about because it it's been so many years since back then. But like, I still kind of feel it. Like, I think a lot, not, not that I'm putting any blame on, on the way my life turned out on this, because that's not at all what I mean. But, it, but there's been certain times where I feel like my actions should have led to something else and it didn't. And I don't mean like on a big deal, but it's like almost like, wow, I was sure that joke was going to go over like that level of like, not a joke, but you know what I'm saying? Like where it's one of those like, huh, I was really sure that was going to do that. Like, 
the yeah, subtle, you know, an yeah. unexpected consequence of an action. Yeah, like the 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 whatever the subtle kind of governing forces of uh, that are at work in the universe were just tweaked slightly. And every now and again, I still kind of feel that where it's like, oh, I'm I'm just slightly off from where I should be, and it's really. I mean, obviously it's fucking bonkers, but like, it's one of those. So anyway, I, I, sorry, I've been talking for you too long about this, but, um, that's, that's kind of the, the, the germ of periphery is it comes from that of the, you know, that universe directly next door. And then of course, you know, in the book, it, you know, flies fucking completely ridiculously off the handle from there, but that's the, you know, that's the germ seed of it, uh, comes from that, but it's very much related to. When you were talking about the the kind of the the thing out of the corner of your eye, it's almost as if the thing out of the corner of your eye. Although in yours, these were horrible bee demon people, but uh, <laughs> I, if if they weren't bee demons, if they were just like, oh, it's like a lady with a nice dress, maybe that's the universe two universes over that you're just kind of catching a glimpse of. And I think I kind of like maybe just stumbled into one of those, like you know. So instead of seeing it out of the corner of my eye, now I see it out of the corner of my eye the universe I grew up in. Which is mm-hmm. essentially exactly the fucking same, except for, you know, you know, a desk lamp and a couple of people idiosyncrasies, you know. See, I, I kind of feel like with the the ghost story that I that I called in on your show about um like Wait, can you recap it, that like quickly? Yeah. For yeah. The audience? So when I, w- I had a lot of experiences at my parents' at my parents' house when I was growing up. And uh it started the the first well the first one I can remember was I don't know I, it was whenever Back to the Future two came out on VHS that's that's the only way I remember it because I remember that I was watching that when it happened yeah so whenever that came out but, um, sure yeah yeah sure yeah late eighties <laughs> yeah and I, I was sitting in a chair in my living room and from the chair that I was sitting in I could see through the entryway like for where the front door would be and then into the dining room and then if you were in the dining room if and you turned to your left you'd be going into your kitchen so I, I was sitting in the chair and coming from the direction of the kitchen I see this figure it's a pale figure and it wait did it have a velvet shirt on because I think I explained this <laughs> sorry no, <laughs> not, not, not to my knowledge okay all right sorry I, I couldn't distinguish <laughs> textures but uh it came around the corner and it just kind of like leaned against the wall on the corner of like where the, the front door would be and the dining room was. And it just kind of leaned there and looked in and it was winter and my dad was wearing a gray sweatshirt and a pair of sweatpants. So I thought it was him. And but it, but he was just like leaning against the wall looking in at me. So I looked at it and I called out to my dad. And my dad responded, but he was sitting on the couch on the other, in the other side of the room. And so I looked over at where my dad was. And then I looked back to where this figure was leaning against the wall and the figure pushed itself off the wall and turned around and went back out towards the kitchen. So I told my dad, we went out there, turned the lights on, then there was nothing there, but it wasn't like a, a, a thing where I saw it out of the corner of my eye and then I looked back and it was gone. Like I literally stared right at it. Then I turned my head to look at my dad and then I looked back and it moved away from the wall and walked back out. Yeah, that's creepy. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, there were other things that happened there. I, like I would hear whispers sometimes. Um, I would hear, I would walk in at night and everyone would be asleep, but it would sound like there were people either talking in the living room or watching TV. And then I'd walk in there and no one would be there. All the lights would be off. And on one occasion I was, I was home by myself in the middle of winter and across one of the walls I saw, like, I, I can't really describe because there wasn't anything to see, but I saw movement that it went right in front of my eyes as I was looking at the wall, but it wasn't anything physical. Like, it was just like a, a, I don't know, like a notion of movement. Yeah, I know exactly what you're going to, I was, I was going to say that it's the idea of speed. Like I know I, yeah. I've, I've seen exactly what, well, maybe not exactly, but I've seen that description that I could have finished your sentence. Like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It reminded me kind of like, do you ever see the Frighteners? I remember the, I remember the video cover. I don't really remember the movie. Oh. Well, they, they, they did an effect with, with the ghost thing in that movie where it kind of moved through moved along the walls and it kind of was like a ripple type thing i don't know yeah there's um this short story that is not paranormal but it's using kind of the paranormal as a as a metaphor for um kind of uh i think they call it like trapped housewife syndrome it's by uh i think it's charlotte perkin gilman um i think her name is but it's called the yellow wallpaper and uh you would actually really like it you should read it the um the description, essentially she's just going mad from being kind of a kept housewife from, you know, whatever, whatever year that was. Um, not that it only happened in one year. God, my fucking female audience is going <laughs> to, I didn't mean that. I meant, Fuck I don't, you, uh, I, I just don't remember if it was in like the, she was writing it in the full out, uh, you can be beaten for writing this or is it in the burning bra stage? Is it in like the kind of post original feminist second wave thing? I don't know, but it's the description of her going nuts is, essentially this kind of movement and figure is kind of pushing its way out of the yellow wallpaper. And the descriptions are, I mean, they're, they're Lovecraftian almost like they're, they're this really kind of beautifully melded. It's, it's got a beautiful creepiness to it. Like it's, it really gets insanity across well, but um, I really wish I hadn't just said that statement because I'm following it up with, and it reminded me because I've seen things like that before. <laughs> so Note to self, Alex, let's edit that and switch those sentences around. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so yes, I, I know that one, that motion. And that's, um, um, that's, yeah, that's essentially I'm saying well done on reading that part of the book. Cause that's what I was trying to do without, um, without over, without o trying to over describe it. That's, that's what I wanted in people's heads. So um, your uh, traumatic childhood in a haunted manner um, <laughs> has, has, has led you to, uh, to greater depths of understanding in periphery. Come on down to the standard. 14 Northeast 22nd. 14 Northeast 22nd. Northeast Portland. Conveniently in America. Perfect. The weird thing is, like all the all the weird shit that I've seen, like I still don't believe in ghosts. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. It's weird. I I wouldn't say I don't believe in ghosts. No, let me put it this way. I would say I don't believe in ghosts, but I don't 
not believe in ghosts. Like I'm not a whatever I'm not a whatever an atheist for ghosts are and a ghostist. Like I I don't, I don't say they don't exist, but even though I've seen multiple and theoretically I've had contact with multiple I still don't really buy that it's a ghost in the Caspery sense. Yeah, that's like I believe that there's something to the whole haunting thing, and and I'm not I I'm not I don't think that I'm crazy for for seeing what I saw. I, I'm sure I sound crazy for for all the shit that I've seen and and claimed to have happened to me. But I like I'm not one that that makes shit up, and and I mean everyone listening to me doesn't know who the fuck I am. So they're probably like, yeah, whatever, dude. But I mean, in, in, in my real life, I don't just make shit up just for kicks. I've, I'm, I'm too busy for that stuff. Yeah. You know, you're and, like a legitimate citizen. That's what I was kind of referencing earlier. <laughs> like, yeah, like you, you've, you've borne fruit and, and work at like a legitimate place. So audience, I, yeah. I do give the, not that my word on this matter means anything, but <laughs> considering I've, fucking uh, i write weirdo books about exploding animals and do videos about the tarot but i give my alex castile of approval towards mike's he is a you know a, a, a sane person one of the more sane ones that i've ever been on the show really if you think about it wow well that, that's not that's not taking anything away from your <laughs> yeah, i guess that's not high praise uh, it's just the um the, the the depth that i usually operate on <laughs> yeah uh the Oh, 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 Alex. Oh, yes. Okay. Sorry. The tear in the sky. That's where I interrupted you before. I was curious where you're going with that, why that resonated oh, yeah. with you. Well, I, along with this shit that I see in my periphery, like I, for a while, I, I stopped seeing like things chase my car or hang. It, the weird thing is a lot of the stuff I saw was in my car. Like the, the B thing I saw was when I was sitting in my parents' driveway. I wasn't even, I was the car wasn't moving. I was just sitting in my parents' driveway. Huh. And, yeah. And it was like, you know, how you, how you look over your shoulder when you, when you're pulling out, when you're backing up. Yeah. It was, it was, that's when I saw it right before I turned my head over my shoulder. I saw it and then I turned my head to where it was and then it was gone. Yeah. It's fucking creepy. But for a while, I, I stopped seeing things like that, and I was seeing holes in the sky. So when he was referencing the the tear in the sky, I couldn't help but think about that as well, just because of the other, you know, the other similarities and experience. And then I'm seeing holes in the sky. He's seeing tears in the sky. Well, this I'm is. I'm just glad my name's not John. Yeah, this. Yeah, I. If only, if only I had thought of naming him Mike. Um. <laughs> The on the on the admitting I steal things note that tear in the sky completely stolen from Roger Zelasny. It has nothing to do with the way he was using it, uh, but he in the second Amber books, I think it's the second ones. Uh, there's a there's this black they call it the veil, and it's this black veil that reaches the ground, and it's like essentially just where bad things are. You know, it's a um, if you ever watch Harry Potter, it's kind of like if it was made out of Dementors. Um, so, oh God, I shouldn't have read those fucking books. Now I'm the type of person that does, if you, ugh, I use Harry Potter reference. Fuck me. <laughs> I'm killing myself tonight. Sorry, guys. I'll put the episode up first. But, um, uh, and when I, when I say steal in a very loose sense, because this is something that I've read about not often, but I've heard references to this tear in the sky, 
like enough that and i mean that in like a old occult reference or like uh you know hearing about like i think those um uh, the Japanese, what are they called? The yokai, the Japanese monsters that are all fucking weird. And there's like a million different kinds of them. I think they're called the yokai, but there's a story about one of those, a tore a hole in the sky that's like essentially this black thing in the sky. Like this is something that's like been referenced enough that much like you having experiences similar to what I was writing in the book, that writing that, like this is something that seems to keep re showing up it all, you know, across written culture or whatever. So there must be, I don't know if something to it is the right way to put it, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's, th th yeah, there's gotta be something to it. I don't know. Well, it, yeah. It's yeah. gotta come from somewhere. Yeah. I don't, I just, it's so weird to kind of like the science side would say that like, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a something on your brain, you know, it's a misfire. It's a blah, 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 blah. But yeah. seeing the same thing is so fucking weird because seeing like a figure or or a, 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 a animal of debatable existence, that's one thing because you've seen animals that don't have a debatable existence and you've mm. seen people that aren't see-through. So your brain kind of having a slight misfire makes sense that those would be the things you would call up. Sure. You don't often see giant black things in the sky. It's not like, oh, wait, no, that's not the normal skies ripped in half. That's a dream skies ripped in half. It's weird that that would keep coming up. Yeah, I wouldn't see actual like rips. I, I, they were specifically holes. Like they were, you know, like a, like a typical hole would be, I yeah. guess. But it, you know, just like a big black void in the sky. Oh, that's fucking wild. What were the uh, edges like? Like where, where the, where the hole ended, where the circle ended and the sky re-began. Well, do you remember what the edges were? Were they... Uh, well, I mean, I, it was it was in my periphery, so I didn't Oh, oh get, this was also, like, kind of just out of the yeah, side of... Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't just, like, I'm looking up at the sky. Like, that. if that was the case, then I would definitely say that I'm certifiable. And, you know, well, again, on at that, least I can explain it away by being in my yeah. periphery. On that note, I can... Here's another one of me being insane. Uh, actually, it's not being insane, but uh, are you familiar with floaters? Do you have those? Oh yeah. Okay. It's funny if 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 someone doesn't have them and no, they've never heard of them, and if someone has them, they know it. So you know you mm -hmm. uh, you end up having that conversation of like, really, what the fuck are those? But I have those, um, not horribly, but I, you know I have them pretty bad at times. And when I was a kid, I used to be able to kind of manipulate them to like see things in the sky. Like I could make one of the floaty things kind of line up and then kind of. I don't know if I was using my imagination or like squinting properly. I could make almost like a dark shape in the sky if I wanted to. But I was using the whatever the hell floaters come from. I guess it's detached retinal cells or something. Um, people at home, if you don't know what a floater is, just look it up. It's impossible to explain. But um, I used to be able to kind of manipulate them. and But I would be able to almost like kind of look directly at a hole in the sky or rip in the sky. But it was it was based on, you know, whatever the fuck physical thing that causes floaters not not this time not me being completely fucking bonkers yeah yeah i never knew that there were people that didn't have floaters i just assumed that like it was a thing everybody dealt with this is this is the exact conversation that they have with about us so no one ever talks to each other because it's just assumed that you and i just assume ah we got floaters people that don't yeah. have floaters but, but they don't assume anything because you, you would never assume 
And the conversation rarely happens, but inevitably, like I've had the conversation a few times. That's why I, I, not I bring it up often, but if it occurs to me, I like to bring it up because I do find that I find so much fun when, especially in a group setting where someone goes, what the fuck is a floater? And you describe it and they go, that's the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard yeah. of. You need to go to see a doctor. And then somebody else at the table is like, no, I have them too. And then somebody else is like, no, I have them too. Like, oh, I love that. That makes me really, because it's like, that's like original psychedelia where it's like, talk about living in a different universe. Like, look, we just opened your eyes, man. You've been, yeah. living, we've been sleeper cells right next to you. You didn't even realize we were here. That's crazy. I'm going to, I got to ask everybody now. Yeah. Agents, agents of floaters. Um, I would say, cause you do have a, uh, you know, the offspring of some variety, uh, never mention it to kids for this reason. I didn't really, I mean, I always saw them, but I never like, they didn't bother me until I found out what they were called. And then I couldn't stop fucking seeing them. Cause my, you know, I like, I called my attention to it mm-hmm. and I was kind of mad at my brother for telling me about them. Like, cause I, I, it like you wouldn't, it's one of those things where you just ignore it. Cause it's like, yeah, whatever. But like, I was really like annoyed by him. Cause I'm like, ah, fuck these stupid fucking things are in my eye because my brother made me aware of them, that they're things, not like, that's just the way the world w- looks. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, I always, I always, you know, not always, but I try to pass down the information that anybody talking to young people don't bring up floaters. Cause I didn't the fuck out of me in like second or third grade. I was so frustrated because I couldn't stop seeing them because that's just my way. If, if my attention's called to something, I can't not do it. Like that whole idea of, Oh, you shouldn't eavesdrop. You mean you cannot? Like, no, there's voices in my head. What the fuck am I? I can't turn them off. When I say voices yeah. in my head, I mean I'm hearing things, people. Not, right, right. I mean, literally, people are talking, not voices in my head. I've never had that except for once. But, um, yeah, so it's one of those things. Don't call attention to it. That's my that's my fatherly advice to you as someone that's lives completely. As someone that's never reared a child. I've never reared a child. I live completely alone, and I haven't had a significant relationship in a decade. So, trust me. I know what I'm talking about, but I can speak from experience of being really fucking annoyed when my brother told me about him, but it was an older brother. So I'm going to assume he probably told me in some kind of really jerk ass way. <laughs> yeah. We have a tendency to do that sort of thing. Oh, uh, do you have younger siblings? I'm, I'm the oldest of five. Holy shit. You have five youngers. No, four youngers. Oh yeah. yeah I'm, I'm uh, yeah. the oldest of five kids. No, yeah. that's, you said that right. I just, that's how good at math I am. <laughs> yeah. But I used to tell them like all the scary stories when when I was growing up that like the stuff that my cousins would tell me to scare me, I would in turn tell my younger brothers yeah. to scare them. Yeah, it's a natural way of things. I, I've got no problem yeah. with it. It's just there's certain um, it's just me being of a of an odd disposition. I think that <laughs> these certain kind of concepts connected in my head on a very, very permanent level. Um also, I could probably learn how to get the fuck over things, but hey, look, I'm not a fucking Superman. <laughs> I try to, uh, that's what I try to, uh, warn people. Like, anytime someone, like, tries to tell me about, like, some kind of self-improvement thing, I have to just kind of sit them down and be like, do you know how fucking miraculous it is that I have it off myself? Don't fucking tell me about jogging. I don't, I can't hear <laughs> jogging right now. I, the, the sheer force of will that I had to do to make it through my twenties. Oh, fuck you. You cannot tell me that fucking hot yoga is going to make me feel better. I should hit you right now. <laughs> what is hot yoga? It's called, uh, I think it's Hatha yoga. It's essentially, oh. you, you go in a room and do yoga. That's like, um, when I say yoga, I mean American yoga, like move yeah, your yeah. arms, not like old school Hindu yoga, but, um, right. uh, in a room that's like a hundred something degrees. Oh, that, uh, um, which to me sounds, I mean, I can't imagine a worse situation. 
Like yeah, that it doesn't so contort your body and be extremely hot and uncomfortable. Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, I can imagine. I mean, a worse situation that you get that you pay for. It's it's. Yeah. What a being... horrible! Like every part of that, like being hot, being sweaty, like oh, just the the odor in that room must be terrible. Like oh no, I oh what a fucking terrible thing. But people like it, I guess. Yeah, I I could see like how afterwards it would probably you'd probably feel really nice but going through it it would be fucking terrible yeah it's one of those i'm also not a big uh i'm not a big kind of public person like i don't like big groups i don't like parties that much i don't um, i'm i'm with you there man i I have such bad social anxiety i don't know what to do with my it's like like i'll be standing there and i'll be like what do i do with my arms i don't even know what to do with my fucking arms that's i can tell you that's my level of anxiety going out I smoke cigarettes regularly for 15 years. I can say 85% of my smoking is so I had something to do with my hands. It, it's almost nothing of it had to do with like nicotine addiction or anything like that. It's just something to do with my fucking hands that it's like, oh, I can inhale on something. Like it's, oh, that uncomfortability at parties. But, um, uh, yeah, going in public and then being hot and, oh, God, like I don't even want to, like, like, I wouldn't mind going to a gym if a gym consisted of, like, a room in my house with gym stuff, and the only other yeah. person there is, like, some kind of, like, teacher robot that'll tell me how to do stuff, and not, like, spot me or anything, just, like, say the word, like, say how I can do it that I don't get hurt. That's all I really need. I can work on it from there. But, like, I don't want to, like, be sweaty near people and, yeah, ugh, it is that. weird. I, I started going to a gym, like, at the end of the summer, I think, and... For for the first few times I went there, it was kind of just me scoping out the scene, like like checking out where everything. Because I don't I don't want to walk around and like accidentally interact with somebody. So yeah. so I'd be like sitting on the fucking treadmill or the the elliptical or whatever, just like looking where where the different stuff is that I need to go to. Yeah. So so I so like the first like week that I'm going there, that's that's all I'm doing is just like checking shit out. Finally, I get I I'm like, all right, I think I know where shit is, and I and I start doing it but i i just basically uh get stoned and then throw my ipod on and don't look at anybody yeah i don't mind that concept's fine it's just the idea of that many people around kind of weirds me like i want right yeah. now like i would i want to go i want to learn a box not i don't want a box like i don't, I don't want to punch anybody but i want it like mm-hmm. i i think uh, like uh, a large problem i have it's not a large problem it's actually like probably one of my better traits but now that i'm old and have self-control it's I don't have a lot of anger in me and I certainly don't have a lot of like that testosterone need to like conquer things. Mm-hmm. And I think now that I, I have enough years under my belt and enough wisdom to know like what I want to do, I think it would be relaxing to be able to kind of channel whatever into punching a bag and like, you know, exercising that way. Yeah. But like that's that's a really tough. I, I got a heavy bag um, also over the summer, actually. And. I beat the shit out of that thing, and and it's a lot of fun. It's and it, it's a good way to relieve stress, and it just like when you're done, you're all you you get get a good workout, and you relieved a lot of aggression by punching the shit out of something, and yeah. you hurt nobody, and it's beautiful. That's what, that's what's nice, but it, like I I would I would want to go and like get a get like a lesson, you know, to like know how oh to, punch to, and, to actually learn what's what's up. Well, I don't mean like I don't ever want to be like in a boxing match or even sparring or anything. Sure, I just mean sure. like. To know like how your mechanics work, so you don't like 
fuck your wrist up or, you know, just mm-hmm. the basic like kind of things I've had it. Like I'm pretty smart body mechanics wise. I'm sure I could figure it out, but like, I don't want to f- try to figure it out. And the next thing you know, I got a sprained wrist because I fucking punched a bag of wrong, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> but that would involve me like going to a gym and it's like, Oh, I don't want to like I, nothing against a gym. Like this is, this is, n- this is zero insult towards gym. This is a hundred percent my uncomfortability with walking into a place and, like I remember in high school, I would do I would do the the um the bike because that would be facing the room that with all the equipment in it, so I could watch people use the equipment, so I could figure it out because mm-hmm. I didn't want to ask anybody how to use any of the equipment. Yeah. Because like fuck that, I don't. And then I'd have to talk to people, and like I would never use something that would involve somebody spotting me. No, ugh, yeah. no way. <laughs> I I ugh, this is horrible on a fundamental level. Oh, I get the I get it completely. I'm the, I'm the same way. I I don't know how to interact with people. Like I'm I'm literally a social retard. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm quite good at it when it's um like not to say that like I'm not doing the thing where like, you know, oh, I need a girlfriend to make me better, but one of the things I can objectively say that when I'm in relationships, I'm so much better at being in public because I explained it to people what's going on and they can get through that beginning part where I don't know how to have a conversation with someone that I don't know. Mm -hmm. So someone can get through it. Like I end up talking about like whatever horrible, boring thing I've heard other people talk about. Cause I think that's what's supposed to happen. Like I've started a conversation about the weather. I, I literally can't imagine anything more boring. Like I, yeah, <laughs> we could we could we could honestly try to memorize the times tables again. And I think it would be more interesting to talk about the weather. But I'm like, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, yeah, that's how you know it's it's a desperate attempt to to start a conversation when you start a conversation about the weather. Yeah, I just that's but that's, that's great, the but, shit people talk about when they have nothing else to say. It's like, oh, so how about the fucking weather? Well, I usually have other things to say, but I've just learned over the years that everything I want to talk about is are the things that are rude to talk about with strangers. Like literally, if you had a a list of the things that are supposed to be, oh, you don't talk to strangers about these. It's everything I want to talk about. I don't, I don't care about the, <laughs> you know, I want to talk about religion. I want to fucking insult the government. You know, I want to talk about fucking weird ass shit. But yeah. you're not supposed to. So that's what's great about having a chick around is, you know, she'll she can like do that awkward beginning thing test the water for you and then give you the nod of like, okay, you can be let loose on these people. And then you can go like, Hey, you know, the thing is, I think the Illuminati is actually, a, and then just, you know, all right, Hey, here we go. Cause then, then it's fun. Cause if, if they don't have anything to say back, cool. We just saved a whole bunch of time. Cause at some point I'm bringing up the Illuminati, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, um, the, the, this is how good I am at, um, transitions and segues is me trying to figure out how to word that. So I'm going to do it this way back to the book and your reaction to it. I've been trying to figure out how to describe the book to people. It's uh, I think you can understand after reading it, that it's kind of a, it's a difficult thing to answer Mm -hmm. when someone says, Hey, what's your book about? Yeah. And I was trying to like figure it out. So, but Reading yours, I think I got a good way to, not what it's about, because that doesn't make any sense, but a good description that I want to kind of pass by you, and I think you'd be interested in this. Remember I was telling you that, like, if you read it again, there's, like, other things in there that I, that you know, I basically just hid. Uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of like cookies for people that, like, come back again. Not cookies, mm-hmm. what are those called? Easter eggs. 
I realized that w- what it is, and I want it was almost if you can have a subconscious purposeful, which I know doesn't make sense, but like it sort of does, is that what I was doing on a level is I, I was, I'll just say purposefully because it's easier, mimicking the introduction to a mystery school. So I've, you enter in to, to my temple, the book, and you go and you do your first walkthrough and no one's helping you except for the book. So that's, you, there's your, there's your, the master you have on that first walk is, is you and the guy telling you what's going on. And then if you go back to the beginning, now you're, you're, you're indoctrinated into the mystery school. Now you know a little bit of the language. Now you know what to look for. And there's a lot more the second walkthrough. And then it's like, oh, fuck, you did that. Oh, shit, you told me on page two what this was, you know? Mm-hmm. The second walkthrough does that. And then the third walkthrough is now you're a master of the mystery school. Now you're, you know, you've been indoctrinated into the mysteries and you know exactly what it is. And you can now exist in that school without the master, you know, without in the temple without a master. Because now all of the hidden things that are there, like the third level down of, you know, Gnostic occult wisdom is available for you because you now have the language of it. Like you've literally been allowed into the full periphery, you know, to mm-hmm. to draw the analogy to the book, which I think is a good way to word it. However, it involves someone reading the book first for me to convince them to read the book. Yeah, that's that's the the tricky yeah. part, and and you can't just say that it's about some dude in a weird office in the woods because that doesn't even begin to describe what it's about. It's I I'm I'm glad that you put a little a little like bit from it on the back, so you so instead of reading the back and reading like some like stupid thing that doesn't even describe what the story is. You're actually just reading a bit from the story. So you can see like right there where, where the stories, you know, what type of thing you're getting yourself yeah, into. That's what I did. Cause I didn't even want, I didn't want to, I did the, uh, for the people in the audience that haven't read the book on the back of the book, I did a, um, an excerpt for at one point, John, our lead character is, uh, kind of walking to, um, this weird office in the woods. And, um, essentially he sees one of these dog like creatures, at least I think it, I think he sees one of the dogs in the final draft. I forget if I cut that or not, but anyway. Yeah, he did. Okay, cool. Um, so he's walking to work and, um, uh, a, a bird falls from the sky and lands next to him and then another bird and another bird and just a rain of birds start dropping on him and he, you know, essentially runs to work. And yeah, I put that, I didn't want to give that away because I thought that was a cool scene, but I realized I needed something that shows what this book is going to be. Like, like that it's not. It was either going to be that or the first balloon thing, where, but I thought that was giving too much away because I was, yeah. And I thought that I may have drawn audience in that doesn't want to, because there's, actually, I could probably give this away to the audience. There's a, um, there's kind of an overlap of these, 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 the dogs of arguable existence. And, uh, there's a, the cover of the book is a tree. So kind of, essentially, there's a kind of a metaphor of like feeding these dogs to the tree, you know, and, um, they kind of take the form of a balloon. Which I am, yeah, that's a little bit spoiler, but fuck it. If you haven't read the book by now, yeah. But, uh, there's the first time it's the first time John has the, uh, oh, that's the phrase I wanted to use. Reading the book gives you the eyes to see, to use the old, uh, religious and occult term. So I've given you the eyes to see by the time you read it the second time. So in the book, uh, John now has the eyes to see what's actually going on with the balloons. And, uh, it essentially becomes this thing of like this explosion of blood and viscera dropping down on him. And, I was like, oh, that'd be a cool thing to put in the back of the book. But it's like, oh, fuck, that would get like horror people showing up. And 
you got to wait like 30, 40 pages to get to that. And it's like, ah, shit. You know, so I had yeah. to put the bird thing, but it's like, uh, it still doesn't. So lungs. I didn't mean to talk about the book that much. Sorry, but it's, uh, it's still confusing because I'm trying to put it on this other website now and they're like, give a short description, give a long description. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I just, description, read the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, it is a hard one, like, to, to describe to people that wanted, I, I was trying to, to describe it to my friend because he's, he's into sci-fi and like weird fiction and things like that. So I, I know he would enjoy reading it. So I was trying to tell him about it without giving too much away. And that's really fucking difficult. Yeah. It's, it, it, I'm glad you agree. Cause it's, it's, and I'm saying I'm glad you agree because I know you understood the book um, from your from your response to me. Um, there's some people that have responded that I don't know if they quite got. I think a lot of people and I wrote it this way purposefully, but I think a lot of people only got the surface level, like only took the narrative of the Joseph, uh, the Joseph Campbell style uh, hero's journey. We pick mm-hmm. up John, uh, uh, you know, kind of dead end job, John and. But, you know, and then we follow him through his story and he grows as a character and then, you know, the end happens and the end is the end. Right. And I think a lot of people just took that that A story as that's all there was. But the the whole point is that the A story and the B story uh, being or A definition and B definition like the because the idea is like there's two completely operant stories going on at the exact same time, which I know you got because that's exactly what you were describing was the thing at the end, which we can't go mm-hmm. into. But the yeah. that is that's the point of it. Like, that's like kind of the whole fun, not the fun of the book, but that's the depth of the book. And then going back to this, uh, you know, entry into the mystery religions or entry into the mystery schools is with your indoctrination, there actually is a third level. And one of my friends pointed out a fourth level, which I had no idea existed. And I didn't write it that way, but it's, it's there. So I'm going to now say I did, if anybody asked me, but yeah. And when you did, cause you, you were telling me about that as I was still reading the book. So oh yeah. I started thinking about that when I was reading it as well. And I was like, holy shit. I, I can totally see where he would have gotten that idea though. Yeah. It's uh yeah, but yeah, it's super. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's frustrating because I almost, and I don't mean it this way, but I almost wish people didn't like it. Cause then I would like, it wouldn't be as annoying that no one's reading it, but it's like everybody that reads it is giving good reviews. It's like, I, I haven't really had like a, all that bad of a review. And it's, that's actually more frustrating because it's like, can I, is there some kind of like, like that Philip K. Dick Vallis where it's like, he like this, this, when he's sleeping, a fucking red beam of information goes in his brain. Like if I could somehow beam, laser beam my information, uh, if the periphery into someone's brain and be like, see, it's good, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not a book for everybody. And it's it's not one that, that like I would recommend to my mom, <laughs> you know, but it's it's the the uh, type of story that it is. It definitely has a very big audience that it could potentially that would potentially enjoy it. It's just a matter of getting it to them. Yeah, I sent it to the people that I thought would understand and uh, I got no real response. Like I sent it to Duncan Trussell. Uh, are you familiar with him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I thought he would like go fucking bananas over it because it's the kind of shit he talks about, but just like a little darker. And I was like, oh, he would love that. And I sent the Matt Staggs at uh, Disinfo, which I don't know if he ever got around to reading it, but uh, he's super busy. But I know he 
at some point was aware of it. But it was none of the people that I thought would know that it could like not. I mean, I guess I get. I don't know. What do you say? Like get publicity through? Like whatever the polite way of saying that. Uh, like I wasn't saying to the people I didn't think would like it just so like mm. t- talk about it to your audience i mean like hey your audience would like this like i want to share yeah video. yeah because you don't want to come off as like some guy who's like oh my book's fucking awesome tell everybody about it but it is fucking awesome and you should tell everybody about it well some people yeah i mean but there's a lot of people that are like yeah you probably shouldn't worry about it like i yeah. mean it'd be well, cool like if I you said, read I it wouldn't, i wouldn't say hey mom read this book to be fair but... my mom actually very much liked it and uh yeah my mom liked <clears> it and uh Ed was annoyed that I wouldn't explain to her uh, the the kind of overall theme. I'm like, that's the point. I'm like, Mom, I think you got it. Like, you know, you're you're yeah. It's a choose your own adventure, except you know, you don't change, you don't skip the page thirty four. You know, you just you, you know, you're bringing your own, you're bringing your story with you, so or your interpretation with you. It was that was that was fun. And my uh, my grandmother at uh, ninety some odd years old uh, told me she very much liked it. Which oh, was, that's uh, really cool. Which I thought that was awesome because, like, not to be crass, but, like, she's going to die, like, really soon. And you took hours out of your last remaining years to read my book? That's fucking really nice of you, Grandma. That is. Yeah. I don't mean, I I, I shouldn't even say that's crass. You're 90-something. It's, like, that's yeah, job it's, at that it's point. It's life. Yeah. I just always feel like I'm being, like, a little flippant. But it's, like, I really think you can be flippant with death. At the, you know, it's, like. Yeah, at that age, yeah, it's, like, like. That's a win. Like, that's definitely a W column. Like, there's. Yeah. There is, Without a doubt. There was nothing to be sad about there. <clears throat> but um, but then again, she's in her 90s, so she probably wasn't doing too much anyway. Yeah, I was thinking that too. That, yeah, it's not like it's taken away from a lot, but still, like, you know, I, I don't know what I'd be doing, but I'm pretty sure it involved, like, pretty heavy narcotics. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. I'm 90. What, what am yeah, I going to do? Die? You, you, you know? You're living this long. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, no. I died of an overdose. Oh, crap. You know, it's... it's he was planning on dying in another few weeks on different morphine in a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might as well do heroin now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if my shaky hands at 90 something will be able to hold a needle, but I'll work yeah. on it. Well, you, could, you could always snort it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Very nice. Um, the ghost thing. I forget if we talked about this and I'm trying to, it's more, I'm asking you a question. Have you heard lately? And maybe I'm just not hip to it, or maybe it's just like a new thing. Hearing about this, this, like some kind of, it's like a, it's like a sub acoustic audio frequency that's supposed to be the, the, what ghosts are caused by. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard about that. Um, that, that's actually, it's not too new. I've, I heard about that okay. probably 10 years ago. Oh maybe. really? I just, I've just been seeing stories about it recently on, uh, you know, just random spots on the internet and like, you know, Yahoo front page or second page. Yeah. And, um, well, essentially, uh, do you think there's anything to that or is it just like one of those well, signs yeah, there was, to explain it? And, and, and this again could be, you know, some urban legend or something, but there was a story about, uh, it, it was a, I don't remember the, the type of company, but some, some business moved into a new office space and there was one of the employees of this woman was working there late and she kept saying she was hearing stuff and things would move and she'd th- see things out of the corner of her eye and, and she was getting really freaked out. She thought the place was haunted and somebody else ended up staying late one night and they backed her up on it. And it was later discovered that it was some electrical frequency or something. 
And as a result of this frequency that was being put through the office space, they were seeing this weird stuff. And it was, it was somehow affecting their brains so that they were seeing and hearing things. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't it, – like it sounds it, – it, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just I didn't know the word because that actually sounds vaguely familiar. But I just – it showed up a lot recently. I'm like, I don't I, – yeah. I don't know. I mean, I got to look more into it. Um, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, just for a shout out to the other side of your show, there is, um, a thing that's happening with readers of the periphery. And this is not, this sounds like a marketing campaign. And I swear it isn't because I suck at marketing. But in the, in the, in periphery, there's a thing that, uh, John, our lead character, keeps running into these tiny plastic dinosaurs, uh, that are just, you know, just randomly sitting in the street. It's just a, a thing that happens in the book that uh, there might be a reason for. There might not. I'm not going to tell you. However, I'm now up to four people that since they read the book have found a tiny orange dinosaur. One four of which, people. One of which your co-host. I don't know if you saw yeah. that picture you posted. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Now, has he followed that up at all where that actually came from? Or is it that still a mystery? Um, He hasn't said anything to me about it. Okay, so audience at home. So Mateo, the other, the other host of the podcast. Um, he has some kids and he, so he's reading periphery and he finds in his living room, a tiny orange dinosaur, which I describe in my book. And that tiny orange dinosaur doesn't belong to his kid. I think there's two. Um, yeah, it doesn't belong to them. It's not supposed to be there. And yet it's in his house. It's, he always has weird shit going on there, man. Yeah, that is, I, I just really liked it cause he took a picture, but my, um, my friend uh, Tara responded with uh, over Christmas. Uh, she's one of the ones that uh, helped me edit the book over Christmas. She was getting some you know, piece of kitchen equipment or whatever through Amazon or uh, eBay or whatever. And in the box was a tiny plastic dinosaur that had nothing oh, to do with wow. what she got. Yeah. Um, and then um, I found one, uh, which I, I posted a picture on my Twitter feed when I was walking to work in a way that I never walked to work. It was like the the most impossible thing to be impossible. Uh, and it was the same color as the leaves around it. And I go, holy fuck, that's a little plastic dinosaur. And went, oh, this is weird. You know? Um, yeah, that w- and that was really small, too. And I'm surprised you even saw that. Yeah, it's impossible. It's, like, literally impossible. The street it was on also plays a really heavy part into uh, another thing I'm working on. Like, that's the entry street to the neighborhood I live in called Lad's Edition, which is this. Uh, if anybody at home that doesn't live in Portland, look at a map of Lad's Edition in Portland. It's a circle at the center and then these diagonal lines hitting the center and the center's got a roundabout with a park. And then with every kind of every radial spike coming from the center has like these other spikes coming off that also has tiny little gardens in each of those spikes. So it's these really confusing. It looks like it was designed by Masons. Long story short, like it just looks like, Oh, this is a cult central. And so of course I was like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, that's, this is something I want to use in a book. And uh, that I found that little plastic dinosaur like literally across the street from the apartment building I'm setting uh, the comic book in. Um, so, yeah, fucking super weird. That is really weird. So if anybody else uh, wants to read the book, um, you should because you will start finding little plastic dinosaurs. It's not the most efficient way to get a little plastic dinosaur. You probably could just buy it at a store. Um, but this way would be cool. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I have not found one. Well, not an orange one yet. My kids have a shitload of dinosaurs, but yeah, that's a, yeah. No, no orange ones. Yeah, that's a that's so. a that's a little cheatsy if you find one of them. But to be fair, 
If um, I find an orange one, it'll be weird, though. I, I, I believe you will. I think at one point you're going to be driving around and you're going to be like, oh, hey, I'm in, I'm in the district that Alex talks about. And you're like, oh, I'll stop by this little roadside thing and there's going to be a little plastic dinosaur sitting there and then you can freak the fuck out. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually be going out there in a couple months. Nice. Hey, audience at home, you, you know what your job is. Gorilla leaving of little plastic dinosaurs around the country. <laughs> Oh man, that'd be a great marketing campaign. Yeah, and that never would happen because, uh, yeah, there's a dinosaur that says periphery on it. Um, I'm just gonna leave it here. <laughs> yeah, it'd be the one viral campaign that does nothing. Yeah, exactly. There's a uh, in Portland. There's this thing where people, uh, uh, the the um. Oh my God, Alex, use your brain. Curb is the word I'm searching for. The curb in between the sidewalk and the street. Uh, there's these little metal rings and i guess that's where you used to like park your horse i guess you'd like tie it up to there or that's the only thing i think it's for but anyway uh there's this kind of art movement that's been going on for at least four or five years now that they take plastic horses uh like little toy horses and and um tie them up to these little rings and they just do it all over the the city just for no good reason so you just be walking around it'll be like a horse on a on a on a random ring like just sitting there hanging out that's weird yeah, I, I mean, it's not that weird because, like, it's like an art thing. I think they talk about it on the internet, but it's still fun to run into. It's no yeah. it's no tiny plastic arms dinosaur. But, um, yeah, I've, I've kept you up for too long. I'm sorry. Um, oh, no problem. There is nothing else on my list of things. I think I got to... We talked about your ghosty thing relating to the book. Yeah, look at us. We're doing good. I told you about the Neil Gaiman thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, and oh yeah. I mean, I did tell you via text message, but uh, or via Twitter. But there is a bar called Lovecraft in in Portland, and the um the ceiling of the bar, uh, the totality of the ceiling is one giant Necronomicon symbol. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's not like the greatest bar ever. I mean, it's cool. Like it's, but it's uh, um. If you're there on the wrong night, and I've only been there a couple, three times, but if you're there on the wrong night, you'll never feel older as a person. But there's other nights where it's oh, like, really? there's other nights that it's perfectly fine. Everybody's your age, younger, older. It's like just normal, normal behavior for being outside. But, yeah. you know, sometimes it's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. I should not be here. But the person I'm hanging out with is, you know, 26. And it's like, oh, fuck. All right. Yeah. You're like, oh, there's a chance I might be up that way the end of this year so if i do i'm definitely gonna have to check that place out yeah fuck yeah stop on by you know i'll, I'll show you around you can come in the echo chamber the room with the creepy door it'll be fun creepy door oh yeah that's a phrase i use i don't use it as much anymore but um the the room i'm in is the echo chamber or echo chamber studios mm -hmm. but um the the door to here is this giant um four by you know i don't know you know four feet wide door five feet wide door something like that and, um, the, so it's, it's, you know, this big, and it, if, if it's closed, if you're walking towards the room, it just looks like a shitty wall. Like, it's just like this big kind of crappy door. But, uh, the reason it's creepy is that, uh, when I moved in, there's a, uh, one of those latch locks that, you know, when you close and you can put a, a deadlock through it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's on the outside. Oh, wow. That is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so literally it's, it's, there's, the, when you're in here, I can't lock myself in. Uh, but it, it could be locked from the outside using it like super. I mean, it can't anymore because I one of the first things I did was take one side of that lock mechanism off because 
fuck that. Yeah, that is that is pretty creepy. Yeah, it's really weird because especially with the door closed, and I don't do it that often, but uh, when the door is closed, uh, people are like if somebody's coming over, they'll be like, oh, yeah, your apartment's nice, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, cool, when we go over this way, I'm like, oh, my God, I thought that was a wall, you know, like because it's this this welcome to the, you know, the Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, except all we produce is, you know, mediocre podcast. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, you know. So it's like just like an old style door no it's, it's it's like a shitty it's it's like a i think they just made it it's like just plywood on two sides with some not plywood like like cork board almost and then cork board isn't that what that's it's called? fucking weird yeah like it's really it's really odd like it, it's almost you know what it, all right like like if if a door to a walk-in refrigerator at a restaurant was made out of just like shitty wood like, it's that size. And actually, the lock on those are on the outside. So that's actually a good comparison, but made out of, like, shitty, like, corkboard. Yeah, it's really fucking odd. So, yeah, it became immediately the room with the creepy door, and I had to take the lock off. And then anytime someone uh, was coming over, I had to explain that, no, that, trust me, if you're in this room, you, there's no way that you can be locked in. It is not possible anymore. I Let me assuage your fears, because I had them myself. So well, that's that's good. You took the lock off at least. Well, it's mostly because I'm psychotic and I think somebody's going to lock me in, even though I live that, by myself. I would be thinking the same thing though. So yeah. that that was when you said it was on the outside. I in my head, I thought I would never be closing that door ever. Yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't have uh, back when it was there. And um, now that it's not, I actually still every now and again get worried. Like somehow somebody's going to screw in a like. I mean, it would be somebody with a power drill and a fucking lock. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure, like I'm going to lose that fight anyway. But you know, um. So you are Mike from the Whatcast. You can find I Mike am. on Twitter at LastBoneStands. And that was a decent attempt at saying things out loud. Uh, it's thewhatcast.libsyn.com, I think. Yep. Hey, and I didn't or write Tumblr. any. I didn't write any of this down. Oh yeah, or Tumblr. Uh, Tumblr is spelled without an e because the world sucks. And um, what else? Anything else you want uh, the audience to know? No, I think that about does it. All right, sweet. Uh, you can uh, listen to them. Uh, the podcast I've been on uh, quite a few times. They're a fine little paranormal show, and it would be good if you guys tuned in and, uh, you know, supported the boys. Oh, you're on, like, iTunes and shit, right? Yeah. yeah I probably should have just said that. Yeah, just type in the podcast on iTunes. That's uh, That's probably, like, the easiest way to do anything. Yeah, e- Even though I've already said the other way, like, four times, and now it's easier to do that way, but... We also have a Facebook page, but good luck finding it because it doesn't show up in searches for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I'll put a link to it, but remind me over Twitter. Actually, you can even send it to me right now on Twitter to explain it to you because I'll refigure it out because I want, I was looking for you on Facebook and I figured out why you can't search for you. Uh, but I it, I didn't know you didn't know that so I've since forgotten. But I know at yeah. one point I figured it out, so I, I can I'm sure I can redo it. So if you want an answer, well, I'm sure I can find. Honestly, it for you. I I'll have to tell Mateo to do it because I've never been on Facebook in my life. I don't I know nothing about it. Oh okay. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I I even if I get even if we got this sorted out, like I've never even been to our Facebook page, so I don't even know what it looks like or what. I heard that it's linked up to our uh, Tumblr page, though, and there's also rumors that it's linked up to our 
Twitter page, but I can't confirm that. Let me join you in, in one aspect of ignorance to say I, um, I, I signed up for Tumblr the other day, uh, yesterday, maybe, because um, after the 24-hour podcast, uh, there was reported back to me that there was a video of me punching myself in the face on Tumblr. So oh, nice. I said, um, it's on, it's on, um, it's on my timeline on, on, uh, uh, on Twitter now if you want to watch it. It's not all that exciting. You should add it to your, uh, to your YouTube page. Yeah, I don't know how to do that because that's where I was going with it. So it's a Tumblr thing. And so I signed on a Tumblr. Like, I have no fucking idea what Tumblr is, what it does. I don't either. How to use it. I'm, page, <laughs> I'm so one. fucking lost. I signed like I'm pretty good with computers. I have like all this stuff. I designed my website. I I have all the 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 social medias except for that one. Like, and I don't I don't get it. I don't know what I'm signing up for. I don't know who I'm following. I don't I have I don't fucking understand Tumblr in the fucking yeah. slightest. I don't even know what the purpose of it is. I know that our show goes on there, and that's where we put our show notes, and like you know any links that we have or whatever we post on our Tumblr page. But I don't know like what the actual use for Tumblr is. I think that's it, but like, it's something like, from what I, from what I can kind of glean is that it's kind of like, so you can put shit up on your Tumblr, but I think the, the, the concept is like, when you follow other people's Tumblrs or like their shit, I think somehow it shows up on your Tumblr feed maybe. So your people can kind of see what you like or some it's something like that it's almost like a like a shared thing where if you like something other people can kind of like it as well and it moves yeah it's i don't get it like i sort of get vaguely what's happening until somebody fucking sends me an email and tells me how incredibly wrong i am Alex cast a Gmail if you want to do that. But, uh, <laughs> that's sort of what I kind of picked up on, but I, 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 I was so fucking lost. So I just gave up. So now there's some kind of Alex cast, uh, Tumblr that at least I signed up for. It literally never figured out. That's how I felt about, about the, uh, Google Plus thing. I set up our Google, our Google Plus account because, and I set up the, the YouTube channel. So in order to do that, you had to have a Google Plus account. And I set that up, and I was like, "Holy shit! I have no idea what this any of it. it." It was just so overwhelming to me. But I'm a, I'm pretty much a computer retard, so I'm pretty along decent with at this being stuff, a social retard. But this, this no Google Plus doesn't make a lot of sense because I've there's now there's at least two Google Plus Alex Cast pages, and oh, there's really? at least two. No, I think there's three, and I think there's three YouTube accounts now. I tried, to, I've been trying to delete them to try to figure it out, but I can't figure out how to like make one link with the other, like. I, I, I don't, I can't fucking figure it out. Like, I just want Alex Cast, my, my fan page on, on Google Plus or whatever they call it, to be youtube.com slash Alex Cast. I have those link. But it's, it's some kind of fucking trickery that I don't understand. I can't, I can't, I own all of them. I just can't figure out how to make them talk to each other because like one doesn't want the other and then you have to like restart something. I'm, I, I'm, I'm baffled by the entire thing. So I, Audience at home, there's some YouTube videos for Alex Cast. I put a videos link on the Alex Cast website, so I'm gonna put them on there uh, when I do them. So I suppose you can look there. But uh, I obviously from this discussion, it's not gonna be the most well organized thing ever. Because the idea is somebody was uh, uh, Nate uh, Brantley, a guest from uh, a couple episodes ago, was telling me that he actually listens to all of his podcasts through YouTube, and. uh 
he gave convincing reason because it's, you know, it's universal. It can be used on like any, you know, it's iOS, mm-hmm. it's Android or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's smart. You know, I know a lot of people listen to music and shit through there. I was like, oh, okay, well, let's try to figure out how to do this. And it's just horrible. And I don't, it's never going to work. But audience at home, the attempt is happening. <laughs> so, but <laughs> in the least, you can actually figure out, uh, uh, in my attempt to get over my horrible body dysmorphia, there are videos of me on the internet now. So you can sort of see what I look like. So, uh, the, the veil has been lifted. Uh, and and you can be allowed into the mysteries. That is a guy that sort of looks like a kind of kindergarten era Australopithecine. And it's it's in glorious modern black and white. Well, that was because look, I, it's baby steps. I couldn't do a whole fucking. You can see exactly what I look like. It, like I had to like lead my way up. But I thought black and white was a good first step. And yeah. then maybe in the future I'll do one. Though on the 24-hour podcast, which I, I forgot that they recorded a video, um, uh, it's it's through my webcam, and that's like kind of like right in my face. So um, I'm sure that's not a flattering angle. Well, don't pay no mind to me. I The only pictures of me that are on the internet are me dressed as Magneto. So <laughs> there, no one can see what the fuck I look like. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't mind having pictures out there. I just wish I didn't look like this. So... <laughs> That's, that's it's not the pictures I bought. It's the fucking guy in them. You know, if if I could somehow uh, have some kind of face changing ability, oh yeah, I'd be I'm fine with that. I'd even take a selfie. A selfie? That's a that's a big step. Well, I've actually done one of them uh, because I was wearing a, a podcast shirt uh, of, of the Holocast because they sent me shirts. So I took a. Uh, oh yeah, I saw that. Did you see that one? Yeah. So I took yeah. the picture because I was trying to get the camera in. I realized I had my red light on, so it looks like I'm trying to be all sexy laying in bed. I'm like, all right, that's funny because it just it's <laughs> it's so not me. So I was like, all right, that's that's gonna be the one. At least you weren't making a duck face. You know, on it, I'm not kidding. I did try to do it after I realized that I looked like I was trying to be all sexy. I tried to do a duck face just to be fucking <laughs> stupid. I literally, I did it so badly, it didn't look like I was doing a duck face. It looked like I had some kind of minor stroke or like a Bell's palsy thing. Like, it it didn't work. Like, it just like, it looked like something went really wrong and I smell burning toast now. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, on, on that note of um, horrible stroke symptoms, let's get you the fuck to bed there, Mike. All right, man. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, everybody listen to the podcast. And uh, yes, that is that. Uh, you have a delightful evening, sir.